an uncomfortable truth about what we're facing. We're going to talk about that. Joe Rogan tonight, Dave Bratt, Nan Hayworth. It's going to be a great I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It is time for This Week in Wokeism. Let me ask you something. It's just you and me talking here. Let me ask you something. If there's someone in your home who doesn't live in your home, should you grab a gun and shoot that person dead? Well, I hope right now you're asking, okay, Jesse, but who's in the home? You see, that is the ultimate question when it comes to that, right? Who's in the home? My mom doesn't live in my home. If I saw mom at my house, probably would refrain from shooting her. If I came home and there was some hardened criminal in my house assaulting my family, stealing my stuff, I'd just shoot him and throw him out on the patio and have the sheriff come get him. It really depends on who's in the home, right? What are you dealing with? And this seems to be a question America, as it currently stands, does not know the answer to. I know the answer to it. You probably know the answer to it, but America as a whole does not know the answer to the question, who's in the home? What am I talking about? Well, who are the communists in America? What do they want? What are their motivations in life? What do they love? What do they hate? You see, because you probably have a good nature, I don't struggle with that, I have a terrible nature, I'm a bad person, but you probably have a good nature, this has probably come harder for you than it came for me, realizing what we're dealing with when we deal with the communists. And many people are so far behind you, I don't know if they'll ever catch up. You have so many well-meaning people on the right, even people kind of in the middle. Or look, you probably know a ton of people like this, people who don't really care about politics. I'm gonna watch the game, maybe play a little golf. You know people like that, just no interest in it at all. They don't understand who's in the home. They don't understand what's going on. And this is the reason the right loses culture war battle after culture war battle after culture war battle. Because so many on our side are either too scared or too stupid to admit what we're facing here. This is communism. That's what we're facing. It's no different. The words have changed. Remember, they switched it to being all cultural stuff here in America because that bourgeois class warfare stuff wasn't that effective here. We, our poor people just didn't have it bad, so it didn't work here. So it's all about race and sex and, and gay and all this other stuff now. But this is just standard communism. Now, okay, you get that. You're probably nodding along. Jesse, I get it. I watch a show every night. I hear you talk about it. But here's something that you must get through your head. Everyone. You probably already know, but you got to tell your mom. You got to tell your neighbor who just wants to play some golf. You got to tell that well-meaning Republican who just wants to get along. You have to understand, these people, not only will they never love you, not only will they never appreciate your good graces, not only will they never appreciate that extended hand, oh, let's just come together on something. It's not just that. I mean, all that's true. They'll never love anyone or anything. Nothing. I don't, I don't pretend to know everything about this world, but I do know this. Communism is deeply, deeply evil. Maybe the most evil ideology I've ever heard of in my entire life. And I read a lot of history. 
I don't think I've seen anything on par with communism. It destroys everything. Everything and everyone in its path gets destroyed. Why is that? Is that some accident? Oh, whoopsie, we were just trying to raise some taxes. No, it destroys everything and everyone because that's the goal. That's the whole point. It is a religion of destruction. And because you don't worship that false god, that's hard for you to wrap your mind around. If me, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around. How, who could worship destruction? It's so ugly. It's a lost world. They do. It is evil. It is a religion of destruction. And they're not just out to destroy you or me. Oh, yeah, they want that for sure. They want to destroy everything. They want to destroy each other. If you're looking for a bright spot when we're talking about this, if you actually do any reading on the history of communism, various places where it's taken hold, it really is a bright spot in most of the books I read is how often the communists themselves end up against the wall getting shot in the back of the head. It's just, frankly, the norm. For a while, you're a good little communist lackey, and then at some point in time, someone will find some reason to haul you out in the middle of the night and fire a bullet in your head and throw you in the mass grave with the other people you sent there. That's how it works. And that was a long talk before we get to Joe Rogan here and this week in wokeism. But part of the reason I wanted to have that talk is not because I think you didn't understand that. Obviously, I know you do. You watch the show every night. So many people do not, and so many people on our side do not. They still think I can extend a hand. Or maybe it just comes down to this. Maybe it's as simple as they still want to live in a world like that. Right? And I want to live in a world like that. Hey, let's come together, give, take a little, compromise. I think that sounds wonderful. That's not the world we've been given. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. You got to know what time it is. We are in a different time now, which brings us to the Joe Rogan saga. Now, let's just cover briefly what happened here, just for, for, the, for the few people who may not know. Joe Rogan, you remember him. He's been on TV forever, from Fear Factor to UFC. He's just been in entertainment forever. Started a podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. It's like the biggest podcast on earth. It's gigantic. Dude brings in people from all walks of life, from all political ideologies, and sits them there for like three hours just probing, just asking for information. Again, all walks of life. Keep in mind, keep in mind. Remember what I was just telling you about how they eat each other? Joe Rogan was a Bernie Sanders supporter. We're not dealing with some hardcore right-winger here. A Bernie Sanders supporter is a Bernie bro. All right, so back to Joe Rogan. Has this huge podcast. As part of his podcast of having people on and interviewing, he had on a couple doctors. Talk about COVID, talk about the narrative, talk about vaccines, talk about lockdowns, talk about, you know, just the effectiveness of all that. Experts in their field, by any stretch of the imagination, experts in their field. And from that, the system decided Joe Rogan, the Bernie Sanders supporter, was some hardcore right-winger who had to be destroyed. Who had to be destroyed. And you remember, as soon as they started with all that, and censoring and yelling at him, Joe Rogan made a gigantic mistake. Again, I hear Joe Rogan is a good guy. I do not know him. He's not a friend, but I'm not going to badmouth Joe Rogan. But he did make a gigantic mistake. He didn't know what time it was. 
And he apologized, put out some little Instagram video. Hey guys, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I'm sorry. And what sucks about that is this. That's a decent thing to do, right? If you've made someone mad, you apologize. But he didn't understand who he was dealing with. He doesn't understand who he's dealing with. He's not dealing with communists who are offended about the doctors. He's not dealing with communists who care about anything. He's dealing with communists who live to destroy. There is no apology, no extended hand. There's nothing you can do that will dissuade them from their goal because it is their religion. And since he didn't get run off the air for the doctors, the communist hordes decided to start digging through his history and dug up some stuff about him saying the N-word. Like, you know, the thing. Yeah. Saying the word Why? You've already said He is just like saying She's calling you a like this boy that he's a and starts calling them word There should be a word like Okay. Obviously, short little snippet, extremely out of context. If you actually look at any of them, that's clearly not. He wasn't on some racist rant over there. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't need me to defend him because he's not going to defend himself. And none of his friends apparently will defend him either. Because again, they consume all. One little quick pause here before we get to the rock. Speaking of friends, quick pause. We're going to do another little history rewind. One, another thing that strikes you when you read through the histories of communism isn't just that the communists end up lined up against the wall and shot. It's how many people could have done the right thing and protected the innocent, but they were so scared of the communist monster coming for them, they would betray anyone and everyone for the approval of that communist monster. Children would turn in their parents. Parents would turn in their children. Husbands, their wives. Wives, their husbands. This was the norm. This was the norm. So let's get back to that. The Rock has a relationship with Joe Rogan, unlike me, actually is friends with Joe Rogan, expresses a little bit of public support. Hey, I like Joe. Let him go. Some communist hack named Don Winslow, who has a history of lying, blasts The Rock for it and says, but he used the N-word. And The Rock promptly comes out and apologizes and runs out on his friend, leaves him on the battlefield, scared of the hordes who might be coming his way. None of this sounds familiar, does it? And that is funny because I do remember, man, I mean, I used to watch wrestling a lot. I remember The Rock saying stuff like this. Yeah, you're looking like a like a bloated transvestite Wonder Woman, ready to fight crime. Pew, 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 pew. Okay, now obviously I'm not offended by that. I doubt you are either, but it is funny how often they are guilty. Now let's set the rock aside. Honestly, he's an actor. I don't care. You shouldn't care. Go watch his movies or don't watch his movies. Doesn't matter to me at all. His opinion shouldn't mean as much as it does. I realize it does, but it was just an interesting example of them running out on him. They all ran out on him. And then Joe Rogan. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't want to pile on someone who appears to be a nice, decent guy. And I have good friends who do know him, and they say he's a nice, decent guy. But Joe Rogan, again, after having just apologized and watched that apology do him no good whatsoever, then comes out and apologizes again. Hello, friends. Um, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. 
There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now, but for years I used it in that manner. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist. Joe, you gotta know what time it is. This is not going to dissuade them. When you do things like this, it is the equivalent of having a pool of sharks in front of you and just dripping blood into the water. This drives them crazy. Well, let me ask you something. Why do you think, with all the things I say here on TV and on my radio show, why do you think I've never been canceled? Why do you think that is? You think they haven't tried? Let me tell you, there's two reasons I haven't been canceled. One, the first, they not only let me say anything I want, they, they're not bothered in the least when the left get, gets mad. That's one. So the first and I heard both of them, to their credit, let me say whatever I want. So that's, let's get that out of the way first. Without that, there would be no me. But two, I never apologize. In fact, I don't just ignore them. If I say something that makes the communists mad, I double down. And let me tell you, there's two different reasons I do that. One, I hate communists. And whatever they hate, I love to feed it to them forcibly. I think it, it makes me laugh when they suffer. So I enjoy that. Two, I understand if you double down, they run away. They just scurry off back into the shadows and wait for their next opportunity to try to cancel me, get me to grovel and apologize, but I don't. Therefore, I'm still here. That's not because I'm smart. It's just because I know what time it is. It's time to wake up and grow up. I know you're a good person. I understand that. You got to know who's in the house. Is it mom or is it that hardened felon we talked about earlier? And look, I've told you this before. I hope I'm wrong, but I think Joe Rogan will be gone before too long. I know he signed that massive deal with Spotify, but he's busy apologizing. He's requesting his own episodes be removed, which is amazing. The Spotify CEO came out with a really odd statement saying, well, we support him. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, honor the contract, but then I'm really, really sorry to all of our employees who are bothered by this. It's pathetic. It's all pathetic. And of course, the media... Guys like Stelter, guys like Costa, they're out there cheerleading for him to get removed because that's what communists do. You and I both know um, that that compilation right there, which he has admitted to, is is uh, you know authentic. That would be enough to put anybody out of a job. I mean, to me, I, it, it's it seems untenable to have that kind of video surface, that kind of compilation surface, and keep one's job. You're right, Jim. There are many examples, including in Hollywood and entertainment, where people have uh, have lost their roles for less than this, and that may be why Spotify is being so quiet. I hope both those guys get fired. I play those games. If we're going to play those games, I play those games. But that's who you're up against. That's what you're doing. Out there calling for a man's job. <laughs> I know that was hard to hear.
I do. I, I know that was hard to hear. But you have to understand what time it is, and you better understand who's in the house. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We have a great show. We have Dave Bratt joining us next. He loves this stuff. He's so good on this. But first, let's say you have a picture. Maybe, maybe it's a picture you have on your phone. I don't know. Maybe it's one you have laying around the house. Let's say you have a picture, and you love it. It's one of your favorites. You and one of your kiddos. You and your hubby. You and your wife. You do just a great picture. Maybe it's a picture outside. Maybe it's a bridge. Maybe it's a mountain. Something. What if you could have that picture made into a painting? You can. And it's cake. Paint Your Life does it. They did one for my wife and I. We had this great picture of our boys. They had their arms around each other and smiling. And we said, oh, that's the one we want. And it's easy. You do it all online. You just upload your picture. And then you pick kind of the painting you or the artist you want, and you pick kind of the style you want. Do you want it colored or black and white, sketch? Do you want these things, the size you want? You just, you pick everything, and they send it to you. And it's just that easy. It's wonderful. And I'm going to save you some money right now. Text 64,000. 64,000. Text the word Jesse there. Text the word Jesse to 64,000. That gets you 20% off in free shipping. Text Jesse to 64,000. We'll be back. I would say to our athletes, you're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government because they are ruthless. I know there is a temptation on the part of some to speak out while they are there. I respect that, but I also worry about what the Chinese government might do to their reputations, to their families. Joining me now, former congressman, current dean of business at Liberty University, and obviously friend of mine, Dave Brad. Congressman, I know it's Nancy Pelosi, and we've pointed out a million stupid things she said, but I, I just, I'm, I'm saddened about the state of my country that the American Speaker of the House is telling our athletes, don't speak up. She should be up there telling China, lay a finger on one of our athletes and we'll destroy you. But apparently that America's gone. Yeah, well, uh, she may be uh, telling the, the truth in a cryptic sense uh, that because of the deals uh, that the left has been behind, that is uh, where our athletes are left standing. Uh, that's where Americans are left standing in the world we live in. The Olympics are, are supposed to be a celebration of the human spirit. Uh, and now the Olympics are, are crushing the human spirit. Uh, and, you know, for everyone it says don't go here, but for everyone who's ever asked how the Germans could have uh, gone along with it, the genocide in the last century, how the best and brightest scientists in Germany could have orchestrated it, how the intellect doesn't uh, happen to doesn't look like it was appeared to ethics or morality in any way, shape, or form in the worst moral atrocity of the last century. Uh, well, you may want to look in the mirror right now, the moral mirror. What what Pelosi just said uh, should make every American ask: Are you in on it? Right? Are you in on it? They're having they're having a genocide uh, currently. Uh, they have forced abortions, sterilizations, uh, two million people in Muslim. Uh, re-education camps and uh, we're condoning it and highlighting it and then hinting uh, you know don't don't get in the way don't put your hand up don't raise your hand uh, don't get involved uh, because it, it, it could hurt you 
And you're right. It, 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 Americans, if you don't get the subtext of what you just heard, uh, it's scary times right now. Congressman, how, how did we get to a place where we have to say that to our athletes? Because you're right. Yeah. I mean, China does. China can crack down on us and they can yeah. hurt them. But man, how did the land of the free get to that place where we're, we're lickspittle for a communist country? Yep. We, uh, we, uh, we all uh, took advantage. I'm teaching Econ 101 this term. The consumers took advantage of low prices for two decades. Uh, John Mearsheimer at uh, University of Chicago had it right two decades ago, 2000, on real politique. He said, you know, you, you're not the most intelligent country on earth uh, if you enable uh, a totalitarian surveillance state uh, that's communist uh, and you encourage their growth every step along the way. And then you give them technological innovations and you give them access to everything we have. Uh, We've, we've all been in on it to some extent. And now the Fortune 500 is totally in on it and we have elite capture, right? James Buchanan won a Nobel Prize in economics for all that at the Virginia School. And uh, so it's just, it, at first it was drip, drip, drip. Now it's serious business. The, the good news is Elmer Ewan, Y-U-E-N, Google him. He's a senior uh, diplomat out of Hong Kong. Uh, it's been speaking against China. He had a sentence about a month ago on a YouTube I just saw and listen to this in slow-mo. He said, the people that took out Trump, well, that'll make you sit and wonder right there on the opening phrase that he, he thinks he knows who they are. are. Those same people are now taking out Xi Jinping, right? Because he's doing the three red lines on the uh, the real estate sector over there. He's taking out the billionaire class. He's taking out big tech. He's taking out big education, uh, et cetera. And so... We'll see, right? We'll see. I mean, it, 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 at first, when you make statements like this, everyone says that that's not true. That's crazy. Well, we'll see, uh, because he's taken on uh, our titans of industry, right? Our our five big tech firms in the U.S. have a market cap equal to China, the entire country of China, our U.S. five tech firms, and they are no longer conservative elites, right? Like old Karl Marx uh, would say, they are leftists. They are on the left, and they are the new oligarchs uh, teaming up with China. So uh, you're right. How do we get here? That's how we got there. That is a lot. But all right, all right, Dean. I have. Speaking of China, here's a talking head on ESPN talking about China and us. Who are we to criticize China's human rights records when we have ongoing uh, attacks by the agents of the state? against unarmed citizens and we've got assaults on the voting rights of of our people of color in various states in this country where can you choose that that's free uh and and, and look at some of the other recent hosts of the games in, including russia and 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 some other recent places it's very hard to find a country that isn't problematic when it comes to human rights including here remember we, we had athletes boycott going to Mexico City because of the human rights issues in the United States in 1968 most notably Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Congressman, how did we get to a place where every part of our culture, all the leadership of it, the media, yep. movies, educational system, politicians, athletes, <laughs> all of them hate the country. Like yeah. there, there is no strain of patriotism through them anymore, and it, it's yep. amazing to watch. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and, and I'll take this one, and he fails Ethics 101, right? I taught ethics for 20 years, <clears throat> but uh, I'll take it in an unanticipated direction. He says, who are we to ask this moral question? And let's agree with them. Uh, you, who are we, we uh, talking head elitist ESPN commentators, who are we to ask, right? You, you probably shouldn't ask, since uh, you cannot name any system of ethics that you live out uh, personally or at ESPN. If you can, I'm dying to hear it, right? If you've got some ethical system that you live out. Uh, the rest of us, however, try to live out the Judeo-Christian tradition, ethos, ethics, etc. cetera. Uh, we have an ethics uh, which says clearly, uh, loudly and clearly, that genocide, religious persecution, forced abortion, sterilization are evil. And we all need to make a stand together. We, uh, the people who believe in those ethical systems, and we need to ask people questions. When they make moral statements, the left's great at this. Uh, we need to push back and say, you're making a moral statement. Can you please explain to me the system of morals you have in mind? Right? The great, all thinkers used to talk in this way, right? Adam Smith was a moral theorist. He differed from Kant. He differed from the Judeo-Christian tradition in some ways. And we no longer have a moral conversation. If you're going to have a moral conversation, let's get into it. And uh, let's have at it. Because uh, I, I think I know who wins and who loses that one. Congressman, thank you so much for what you do. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate it. All right. We have the great Nan Hayworth joining us next. But before we get to Nan, who's a doctor, let's talk about health insurance. And don't, don't throw something at the TV. I understand whenever you talk about health insurance, people don't want to talk about it. Either they've had a miserable experience shopping for it or they've had a miserable experience with the health insurance company they have. But just hear me out real quick. One Share Health, a faith-based insurance company that lives it out. They are wonderful to work with. Their selection of plans is incredible, whether it's just for you, for your family, vision, dental, 24-7 telehealth, anything you need can be gotten at One Share Health. 5% of your monthly goes to veterans struggling with PTSD. This is a good company, good people, good to work with. When's the last time you said that about a health insurance company? Go to my.onesharehealth.com slash Kelly. Promo code is Jesse Kelly. That gets you 75 bucks off your enrollment fee. We'll be right back talking to Nan. I'm going to ask the public for 100 days to mask. Just 100 days to mask. Not forever, 100 days. Hmm, man, that seems like it was more than 100 days ago. Joining me now is my friend Nan Hayworth. She's, of course, former congresswoman, a doctor. She's with the Independent Women's Forum. Nan, the masking thing. First of all, obviously you are a doctor and you've forgotten more about this stuff than I'll ever know. Can you explain the basic idea before we get to COVID of the mask thing for everyone anyway? Does that make sense? Does it not make sense? Uh, no, it doesn't make sense. Mask mandates don't make sense. This is now a matter of enforcing uh, population compliance, uh, Jesse. It is a purely political exercise at this point, with very rare exceptions. 
uh, those being in certain circumstances in healthcare. Uh, but even then, it shouldn't be a government mandate. Um, masks work if you're wearing an N95 mask fully sealed around. Uh, and if you are vulnerable and you do that and you don't take it off and you don't take it off to eat and you don't take it off to talk with people, uh, you'll be protected. You don't have to worry about what anybody else uh, does or doesn't do. Cloth masks, loosely worn surgical masks, improperly worn uh, N95 style masks um, are primarily mass theater. They are burdensome. This isn't where the emphasis should be. They are not preventing cases of COVID. Uh, and even if they were at this point, COVID is an endemic condition. We should concentrate on therapies, not on mandates. Okay, Nan, then how do we get to a place where so much of our society, even if it's 30, 40%, which is probably about what it is, they're married to these things now. It's okay. like a child and his binky. And I don't understand mentally how you could get there. Even when I've been on a plane and had to wear one or a situation like that, I can't wait to get the daggone thing off my face. Right. They have been imbued, Jesse, with an existential sense of panic. And this, I, it, the, the, it is crystallized in my head. Fear and panic uh, are what the left uses in order to subjugate populations and populations that nominally can make choices for themselves and vote and actually have their votes not diluted by fraud and actually have their votes count have to be put into a state of existential fear and panic. They've been trying it for a long time with climate change. Uh, and certainly they've, they've made some headway there, but COVID has made these people fearful. It is a sad and terrible thing to see, but that's what's happened. Nan, do people want to be afraid? You know, I don't know, Jesse. I think people people want to, some people want to feel protected. They feel inherently vulnerable. They are willing to surrender uh, large portions of their rights and their autonomy to the state for the promise of protection. Uh, that is... Uh, not consonant with the American brand, if you will. Our brand is freedom. It, it is freedom, yes, within a society in which your rights are enumerated and are uh, respected, and that's why we have law enforcement. But these folks go beyond that. Ever since the Great Depression in particular, there's been an enormous push in this country for government to be the provider of goods and services and livelihoods. When FDR said freedom from what? Freedom from fear. Those actually are not uh, part of the fundamental freedoms uh, that are respected in our constitution. Uh, and yet people have embraced that. And it is to our detriment because when you depend on the government uh, for your protection, for your livelihood, other than for fundamental rights and opportunities, uh, it's, it's a bad deal. Nan, okay, so unpack this for me. Let's say I understand you're not one of these people, but let's say you're one of these people, you're still walking around, you got 10 masks on and your rubber gloves and your face shield and you never go out at night and you're just, you're living, in, you're living that life, right? That's the life they, they've bought. Okay, fine. What goes through that person's mind then when they see example after example after example of these politicians who tell them to do that 
not living that way. And honestly, the list is way too long to even go through. Obviously, Stacey Abrams and her picture in front of the class is the latest example, but she's the she's the latest example. I mean, I, I, it would take an entire show to go over all the COVID hypocrisy. What does the person in 10 masks think when she sees Stacey Abrams sitting in a class full of kids, governors taking pictures with this person, saying they hold their breath? But what do these people think when they look at that? Well, I presume, Jesse, you and I don't share their frame of mind, but I presume they say, you know, net, net, Stacey Abrams is fighting for us. She's a freedom fighter. And you know what? It's those kids who actually pose the risk. Stacey Abrams is triple vaxxed, I'll bet you. So she's not posing a risk to those kids, but unfortunately those kids are posing a risk to uh, the adults around them. These are the arguments that are made for masking school, school children. They are cruel, lopsidedly abusive arguments that have no scientific validity, but we know that there is a segment of our population that believes them. So they look at Stacey Abrams. I think it's a diminishing uh, number of people, Jesse, as the evidence of harms to children becomes hard to ignore. Uh, but they look and they say, nope, Stacey Abrams is, is fighting for us. It's okay. Gosh, that's so true. All right, Dan, finally, <laughs> little scene from Ottawa, which I know all our eyes are on there. Check this out. Yes, they are taking fuel right away from people as they attempt to fuel their vehicles. Nan, the cops are taking the fuel away from people now? What, what, what? Where does this go in the West? There appears to be this uprising in the West that started in Canada, sadly, but at least it started. Where does it go from here? Uh, Jesse, it's, it's up to us. Uh, and that's why I appreciate so much your voice. Uh, it is up to us, the citizens, technically. Okay, so the cops, the police in Ottawa are doing what the government has directed them to do uh, because the government has policing power. And right now the government has mandates and regulations that these truckers are protesting, uh, but all, that, that also presumably govern uh, the uh, you know public safety and the risk that they uh, judge is being posed to the people of Ottawa by this uh, convoy parking there uh, and remaining there. So it's up to us, the people, it's up to the Canadian people to vote for leaders who will honor their freedoms, who won't burden them with mandates, who will understand that you need a supply chain, that people need to be able to work and sustain themselves, that governments cannot infinitely uh, control the lives of their citizens and that it makes no sense. But if the people don't vote for those leaders, uh, Jesse, then there will be more of this. Government's sole distinguishing power, as you and I both know, is that it can exert violence, up, a coercive force, up to and including violence against the citizens in order to enforce the laws. If the laws are bad and government is powerful, this is what happens. Dan Hayworth, you are the best. Thank you, Dan. You, sir. Thank you. All right. We have AWR Hawkins next. We got some Second Amendment talk. Hang on for this one. But first, Eden Pure Thunderstorm. You've heard me talk about them before. I know you know what an air purifier is. You probably have one in your home. 
Believe me when I tell you, you've never had one like the Eden Pure because I never have. I've had air purifiers my entire life, have to buy them every couple years when they burn out, replace the filters on them and try again and try again and try again. I never got one that allowed me to take that allergy medication that I got over the counter and toss it in the trash until I got Eden Pure. I have three of them, three of them. Go to EdenPureDeals.com right now and use the code JESSE and you can get a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. That's $200 in savings. Go, enjoy. This doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no violation of a Second Amendment right. We talk like there's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And so no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons. I don't think any of that's right. Joining me now is my friend A.W.R. Hawkins. He's, of course, the Second Amendment expert with Breitbart News. AWR, I want to own a cannon. Could I have owned a cannon back then? Sure, you can own a cannon now. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, you can own a cannon back then. You know, and this doesn't matter. I really never talk about this, Jesse, but it's important. I have a PhD in military history, and I did a lot of time studying the founders and the founding documents. To my knowledge, there was absolutely no ban tied to the passage of the Second Amendment in 1791. There was no ban associated with that on the purchase of cannons. And so uh, that is the weirdest hill to take a stand on it, imaginable to me. I don't know where he got this, why he got it, but uh, it's crazy talk. Okay, could you, I realize this is 101 talk and everybody watching understands this, but could you explain exactly why, as an expert on history, why did they pass the Second Amendment? Was it about deer hunting? Yeah. Jesse, number one, you're the best. Number two, uh, the Second Amendment is about protecting ourselves from our government. You know, I don't know if you saw, I had a video with uh, Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts last week. And I asked Governor Ricketts, why, why do we have a Second Amendment? He said, so we can protect our rights from the government. He's exactly right. I mean, that is it. And uh, the founders understood that if the people weren't armed, the government would run over the people, just flat run over them. And uh, your listeners, your viewers, my readers, our listeners, if you want to understand this, read Federalist 46. I'd say that's about a four-and-a-half-page document, not a big not a big commitment. Read Fairless 46, see what James Madison said. I'm going to paraphrase him, but he said that Americans are exceptional because armed. And he talked about how being armed allows them to fend off threats from their own government. And that is how our founders viewed it. How about that? Well, I mean, let's hope we don't have any weapons of war, though, according to Hakeem Jeffries. In America, we have 4% of the world's population, but 40% of the world's guns. That means there are more than 300 million guns circulating in the United States of America. And many of those guns, such as the one used to strike down two heroes 
Detective Rivera and Detective Mora are weapons of war. They're not mm. used to hunt deer. They're used to hunt human beings. Mm. Man, America's awesome. Anyway, is a Glock a weapon of war, AWR? Uh, no, you know it's not. I do too. But I'll tell you, one, one thing I'm happy he's wrong about, there are 430 million plus guns in circulation, not 300. Don't undercut us. We're better than that. Uh, we wrote last year at Breitbart 432 million guns in circulation in the last 25 years alone. Uh, just that's what records show. So we're way better than 300 million guns. Let's not put ourselves down. I want to make that point. Uh, Glock is not a weapon of war. I'll tell you what it is, though. Probably, arguably, one of the most go-to concealed carry guns, one of the greatest concealed carry guns for self-defense in our nation's history. The Glock 19 changed the world. Uh, and when it came out in the 1980s, everybody griped about the plastic gun. And now look at what police carry. They're all carrying a 19 or a 17. And uh, as of late, a lot are carrying Sig Sires, great guns too. But these are not weapons of war. They're, they're weapons of self-defense. Yeah, it's, it's funny. What a small world. My concealed carry weapon. Glock 19. Of course, like I, like everyone else, I carry a Glock 19. It's, it shoots every time for me. All right, AWR, finally, I realize the blue areas are getting worse and worse when it comes to guns. Are the red areas, though, getting better? I don't mean saying no and holding off the communists. I mean, are we getting better? Are we expanding firearm rights in, in red states? Uh, I think so. You look at Georgia right now. Georgia... Unless something, uh, some kind of calamity strikes, Georgia's going to pass constitutional carry and uh, Governor Kemp's going to sign it. Uh, if you look at Nebraska, Governor Ricketts has made a pledge. Constitutional carry is moving there. He said, if it comes to my desk, I will sign it. If you look at Alabama, you have in Alabama, the Sheriff's Association there is opposed to constitutional carry. And what that's created now is a situation where sheriffs are peeling off away from that association because they don't want to be associated with an association that opposes constitutional carry. So they wouldn't do that, Jesse, if the majority of the people in their state were for gun control or were for keeping things as they are. They wouldn't do that, but they understand the people are moving toward more freedom, not less. Fewer restrictions, not more. And so those sheriffs are peeling off. So yeah, in the red states, we see a lot of improvement. Outstanding. AWR Hawkins, thank you so much, my brother. Hey, Jesse, great to be with you every time. Thank you. Be good, man. All right. We have a great light in the mood next you're going to enjoy. Have you signed up to be a supporter of the first yet? You know we have another big special coming this week. Got to be a supporter of the first to watch it. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up today. Support the network that actually allows people to say whatever they want. I ain't never going to get canceled off the first. That much I do know. Thefirsttv.com slash support. Go sign up. We'll be back. You know how the left is always saying you don't need a truck? What do you need a big truck for? What do you need an SUV for? Well, I thought tonight for Light in the Mood it would be beneficial to all to show exactly why you just might need a big truck.
Is there anything more fun than watching criminals get theirs? Gosh, that was fantastic. All right. We got another great show for you tomorrow. I'll see you then.